You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's great to be together on this beautiful day. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank Josh for just do, taking care of the song today. It was really inspiring. It's been great. It's great to have him here with us. We're looking to sign them to a long-term contract, so if you can pay for that, pray for that as well. It is great to be together. This is our last Sunday here as we get ready for the fall season because of the weather and because of the spike in COVID, too. So this will be our last Sunday for the rest of the year. And it's been great. This has been great being together. And really, you know, this the, the key word for this year is what? Pivot, right? That's what you hear a lot in the business world. You hear that in so many ways. Pivot. How do we pivot? through this pandemic. And I really appreciate just the staff here. appreciate Steve and Carrie just really uh, careful, but at the same time really getting us out and meeting us uh, together and really appreciate that. I, re- I want to just uh, also, before we get started, I want to thank the crew just for setting it up. I mean, guys, let's give it up for the crew. They come here early in the morning and they set things up. Guys like Michael Bruce and uh, Alex Horton there. You know, Alex is a little tech guru, and this is his, his wheelhouse, but uh, appreciate him coming out. The Vance, the, uh, the Vance Thompson's out here as well, and just doing that. Uh, Ashley French, you got Christian Cordova, and then so many people go in to lug in the equipment and getting stuff here and really making this possible for us. So grateful that it's not raining, neither. So uh, let's get going. All right, there's a little window. I want to welcome uh, some people that are here for the first time, and I met uh, Heather Meckhamson's sister from Sacramento. Welcome. It's great to have you with us. And then uh, another couple I want to welcome is uh, Friends of Hanley, uh, Eugene. And uh, they just moved here from New York. And um, Andy and his wife. Andy, why don't you stand on up? And they just moved here from New York. And the way that uh, Hanley met them was really pretty amazing. So they, uh, I think Andy was just walking around at 5 o'clock in the morning. And Hanley was driving, and Hanley ran, ran over him, Andy, and then they started a conversation. And Andy was out praying. He was out praying to he just move into L.A., and he was praying to look for a church. And Hanley, you know, sure enough, uh, you know, gave him the, the website. Our website's not too good right now, but, you know, I appreciate Andy just, you know, going through the rabbit hole and finding us. And uh, he was here about three weeks ago. It's great to have you with us. Today, I hope that this will be a good home for you and, and your family as well. All right. I was inspired by uh, last Tuesday's, uh, was it Thursday or Tuesday? Oh, anyway, the presidential debate, right? And I was really inspired by President Trump staying on script. So today, I got a script. I, I, got a, I actually have a script that I'm going to try to go through as well. But I thought that was an amazing uh, time. And we live in, I, I, I love politics. I know it's weird. Because I love the way that we organize ourselves. And people say that, you know, uh, so well, it is political because we, the way we organize ourselves, it's the human polity, right? How we organize ourselves and how we lead. It's, it's really fascinating to me, but I was really fascinated by the, um, by the moderator too. And I learned from that uh, time, the power of the mute button. I have never seen President Trump so controlled in my life. I mean, this is like, uh, and you could see it in her face when she was moderating, you know, she was holding that little mute button, I think. I was like, I got the power. I got the power. 
And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was great. I, I was, I was watching, I was watching it and I was, I was kind of hoping that one of them get to be sent out to the, uh, to, to get a timeout. You know, I was like, Mr. President, you need to get a timeout. But that's where we are right now. We live in a very contentious, uh, time and especially during election year. Uh, you know, when people are really getting out, trying to get out the vote. I gotta say this though, before we move on. Um, you Dodger fans. I am so sorry for last night. I am so sorry. That was such a terrible loss. And uh, I'm a Giant fan, so I, I was, like, happy, but I was kind of sad at the same time, right? And But my daughter, Gabby, who was born here in L.A., Gabby's a Dodger fan, so I, I felt really bad. I really felt bad for the way that they lost. But, uh, you know, it, it shows that we can be on different sides and yet be unified. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, Steve started the lesson, the series last week about unity and how we can find unity. And he started off with just talking about love. That's how we can really be unified with one another. We're different. That's just the way it is. And that's the beauty of our world today. Everyone's different. Even in our congregation, we're not uniform. We have different ideas. We have different slants on how we look at things. And yet, you know, love is through, you know, unity. We can, we can find that. And I appreciate Steve and Carrie so much. And just at the time that they've been here, and last, last week, and just the way that they shared about their family, so vulnerable. And uh, I, I was really um, moved and really grateful that they opened up to share that uh, to us. Okay, let me learn how to use this thing here. Uh, if you want to follow along, there's a little thing that you can do, is you can text to this number, 81010, and you can follow, follow the uh, slides along, 81010. And uh, you put in there, you go at the symbol sign at Church West, one word, C-H-U-R-C-H, and then uh, W-E-S-T, okay? At Church West, 28101010. Before we start, let's uh, start off with a word of prayer, and we'll jump right into the lesson today. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to you that uh, we have this chance to be together, whether in person or online. Uh, we get to be a community that uh, hopefully, God, hopefully will represent you in a great way. Father, please be with us this morning. Uh, please be with me as I uh, teach your word, preach your word. I pray that I can do it faithfully and honestly and sincerely and that uh, your word is uh, faithfully uh, shown today. Father, I pray for our country as well. Pray for our leaders, God, as we enter the election uh, of uh, November this year. Father, I pray that the country will be uh, some way, somehow, God, at peace, and that, uh, God, we will go through this period, and, uh, God, to you be the glory. We will create a society that will honor you, create a society that will be fair and beneficial for all people, not just uh, a few selected people. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, united by love, grace, and faith. Next week, we're going to have faith, but today we're going to cover grace. United through God's amazing grace. We're going to learn from the book of Jonah. And uh, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible on how there are so many different layers of how God used Jonah and used him to teach us about race, about national, you know, uh, nationalism, and about grace as well. So those are the three things that we see in the book of Jonah. You know, in the midst of a once-in-a-century global pandemic, a national reckoning on race. An economic disaster for a lot of people. 
We are coming upon the most consequential and contested presidential election, certainly within my lifetime. And I'm 53 years old. I've never seen anything like this. And yet when we look at it, we go, well, you know, this, that's the world. And yet if we're not careful and we're naive about it, we're going to really forget that it affects us as well. And I've seen it. I've seen it on social media. I've seen it on some of the ways that we've talked to each other as well. There is judgment. There is like canceling each other out because of some of the things that we've said or some of the things we've heard. And I think we got to really be careful about the world's culture infiltrating into our church. How do we stay unified during this time? I think it's really important to really look through the scripture and hold on to the scripture and see what it says. You know, we started a series like what uh, I said earlier that Steve talked about, that love is going to keep us together. Love is faithful, right? Love is kind. Love is, it's forgiving. It keeps no record of wrong. But what we really need also is grace. And today as we look at, you know, grace, we're going to see what the Bible describes as what grace is. Because sometimes we think, as, you know, normally we do when we hear about grace, we like to think that that's how we like to be treated. Right? We like people to be gracious towards us. We like people to, to really create an environment where we feel like, wow, this is really gracious towards me. And yet, the Bible certainly affirms that, but at the same time, it talks about how we can be gracious with one another as well. And I love the Bible, because the Bible is complete. It's, it's, it's for lack of a better word, it's holistic. Right? It's, it's not just one-sided. It's not just grace where it's all mushy, mushy, mushy. And yet it's not just truth. But that's why the Bible says that Jesus came with both grace and truth together. There is no grace without truth. Grace is, is based on the fact of we look at the reality around us and God has grace on us. And how do we respond to that grace is so important as a church and as individuals as well. You know, we look at all the stuff that's going on, and it's so tempting. It's so tempting to put all that burden on the church. That the church is, is the, the place that it's going to solve all my problems for me. It's going to solve all these issues that are raised by the world. And I tell you what, when I read scriptures, I don't see that. I see that the primary reason for the church is to preach the word, to teach people about the gospel. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his or her soul? The Bible says. Jesus says what? He says he was here. He was preaching a word. He was, he was healing people. And people saw the great miracles and stuff. And what did Jesus say? He was so tempted to go around and just heal everybody and build goodwill, which he did. But yet he pulled his disciples together and says what? He says, listen, let us go to the nearby villages too. And I need to preach the word. That is why I have come. The primary focus of the church is to seek and save the lost. To help people know God. I appreciate Ron's communion. You know that, hey, look, God, God, God is here to help me uh, be saved. But as Christians, that's the beauty of our community. But as Christians, each one of us has a own little thing that God has put in our hearts, Right? And God has put specifically things in our heart that we are passionate about, that we want to go after. And yes, absolutely, we need to go after those things as the Bible teaches us as well. So we need to go after those things. We need to get engaged. We need to get into dialogue 
And we're not naive to say that, well, everything that happens outside doesn't affect me. That is not true. It affects us. The laws that are going to be put into effect starting in January 1st, it will affect our lives. And the Bible actually teaches us to be socially engaged. The Bible teaches us to be civically engaged as well. Laws affect our lives. And we can't just bury ourselves and hope for the best. But we need to do our part also. You know, the book of Jonah, as I said, it's, it's so rich in so many layers. Both at the national level, at the, at the congregate or at the global level. And yet it's so personal the way that it teaches us how Jonah, God's prophet, dealt with these things as well. He is known as the runaway prophet. You've heard of the, the runaway bride? He's the runaway prophet. God says, listen, Jonah, I need you to do something for me. I need you to go and preach to the Ninevites. All right. If you know a little history, Nineveh is the cap, the seat of the, the total, you know, it's like if you think that the Democrats and the, and the Republicans are at odds with each other, this is like out of this world, out of this league. The, the, the Syrians were the Syrians were brutal people. And they were like the bullies of that area. And yet God says, uh, Jonah, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go over there and give them a chance to know who I am. Before I destroy them. You see, that's what grace is. Grace is not just the little things that are amazing, right? I'm looking at Joel. I really appreciate Joel. You know, I could say so much. I mean, Joel, Joel borrowed my car. He wanted to drive my little me out. He, he borrowed my car for a week. And, you know, I appreciate it so much. He came back cleaner than it was when I left it to him. I was like, I couldn't recognize, is that my car? You know, I said, what did you do with it? He cleaned it, he cleaned out all the junk and stuff like that. I know it's a little thing, but I appreciate it. But that's Joe's heart. He does that for, you know, Doug Bundy, who's watching us right now. Doug's been going through a lot. He's, he's gone through two funerals in the last, in the last four weeks. His, his father, his sister, and guess who was there with him uh, throughout the whole time? Joe, Joe Agatek. You know, Joe, that's that's grace. That's how we can treat one another. And that's what God is trying to teach us at the individual level to to be what we need to be for one another. There's so many of us in this this place and in our church that do those things all the time. Those little those little acts of kindness. Let's thank one another. Amen. Let's use this time as we get ready for Thanksgiving. Let's remember uh, that that we do that for each other. Let's not take for granted uh, of that that we do for each other all the time. We had a church retreat last week, and I really appreciate the church leaders retreat, and I appreciate uh, Stephen Carey's idea that, you know, in, in our little package, you know, of gum and whatever, you know, in there, uh, there were two cards, uh, one for each person that, you know, we write a thank you note to. And I thought that was really, really cool. Back to Jonah. He was the runaway prophet. I don't, I don't want to. Have you ever felt that way? God tells you to do something. You go, I ain't doing this. So he books a trip. God says Nineveh's up here, right? You see on there, and he 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 went the opposite direction. He got a ticket on a boat to go to Spain. Checked out Travelocity, a little villa that he saw. He goes, I'm going there, right? Book a flea. He goes on a boat. 
But we all know the story, right? Instead of a villa in Spain, he wind up in a Motel 6 for three nights and three days. You know, God has a way of changing our plans. And so sometimes when you see something that's frustrating, when you see something that you're being frustrated by, sit down and think. Maybe that's from God. Maybe that's from God who's, who's preventing us from doing something that's going to destroy our lives. So God puts him in a, in a whale there. Can you imagine being in a whale? And you, you read the story, and it, it, it really does require a lot of faith. And it's not some, you know, archaic, arcane little scripture somewhere. Jesus actually mentions this in the New Testament and challenges us to go, believe it or not. I love Jesus. I mean, he sticks it to your face and my face. He goes, if God is God, he can do these things. And he can use a whale. He can use a donkey. He can use your friend. He can use your roommates. He can use your boss to tell us things that we need to hear. You know, maybe this pandemic is that time where we're in the whale's belly. Right? To think. To consider. To go, what is it about me? What is it that the Bible, I love that passage. You know, help me to look at my heart and see what is offensive before you. Help me see. Help me wrestle. Help me think through. I know it stinks. I mean, we're all all wearing masks. You're all Asians. I'm just kidding. You know, it's like like I'm back in Asia. You know, like I'm back in Japan. You know, it's like a little mask walking around. God's made you Asians. You know, it's like every one of you. They're just like, yeah. You know, it's like. It's terrible. It's terrible. We don't know what to do, right? When we meet each other, like, shut up. I, I, I don't know. Just, you know, like this, this, you know, this. it's like weird, weird. It is from God. I mean, so we had so many dreams for 2020, right? It's all gone. It's like I look through my calendar, cancel, cancel, cancel. That's like the month of April, right? Yeah, like, I'll cancel this one only. Now it's like cancel from now going forward. And I was like, all plans have been put on hold. That's from God. It's a pandemic. It's from God. He runs away. And it's okay to wrestle. It's okay to wrestle. That's what I appreciate about God. And that's what I'm learning about myself. Allow people to express things. You know, my girls will tell me. I mean, allow people to to express. And that's what God does. That's what I appreciate about God. Look at the Psalms. Look at all the things that he allows people to say about him. He's big. God is a big God. It's okay to wrestle, but at the end, true unity can only come through by love, grace, and faith. That's how we can combat the, the atmosphere. And I'll be honest, the toxic atmosphere of our day. That's how we're going to do this. Amen? So as we enter Thanksgiving, November, we enter, you know, uh, Christmas and in a new year. Let's keep this in mind. That unless we become like Jesus himself, we're not going to get the unity that we really desperately need and want. And this is the famous scripture about grace. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We don't do things to earn grace, but we do things because of grace. Because of God's grace on us. He saved us. He lifted lifted us up from the slimy pit. And because of that, we live a new life. Amen? There are so many of us that, that exemplifies that kind of attitude. So many of us. I think about Lori Santos. Lori is such a hero. You hear stories and she's not going around telling people. She just does things. You know, I talked to Doug a couple weeks ago, and Doug was just in tears on just some of the things that the Bible Talk did for him, the group, that that's how we meet, you know, for Doug and during this time, and it just moved him. You know, and so much of that is Lori's idea, just, you know, just doing things for people. Think about Lenore Johnson. Think about Lenore. Lenore, Lenore's awesome. You know, she uh, she just got an award, you know. Uh, she left a lucrative job uh, in finance, and uh, because she wanted to do something that, that wouldn't hinder her relationship with God. And she was willing to give up this pretty prestigious position in, in finance. And, you know, and she, you know, wanted to run. She runs a Starbucks, which is awesome. Right? She dis- dispenses caffeine, <laughs> which is a drug. No, just kidding. You know, uh, you know she, 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 she won the, the manager of the, of the quarter. Out of 140 other managers, out of all those managers, you know, Lenore, kick their butts. I'm just kidding. You know, I appreciate Lenore. But it's not just these things. It's just her, her spirit. You know, the humility. When I talk to her, there's no pretense. Lenore says, I am, you know, you get what you get. And she's just an amazing person. You know, just grace oozing out. I think about James Russell. All the stuff that he's going through. And yet, every time I talk to James, he's pretty honest. He says, it's painful. But he's so encouraging. I think about Ken Aglianto. You know, Ken serves all the time. All the time. I think about Justin and Emma Shump. More Emma. You know, I mean, can you imagine marrying a Shump? Like, I love you, but can we, can I not... Do chump, you know? Yeah, but, you know, but I appreciate them. They're a young married couple, but but they're so inspiring. They serve. They give. You know, Justin just graduated from college. He goes into the ministry. You make peanuts when you go into the ministry. Why do you think I left the ministry? No, I'm just kidding. But I appreciate them. You know, Emma's a nurse. You know, they work together and they give to the kids. They give to the campus. And just, I mean, it's so easy, right? You get, you, you nearly get married. This is our time. I see in the scripture, I get one year off. You know, I, I, I did that. I went up to a good friend of mine who was leading the church at that time. I was getting married. And I said, hey, uh, Ed, I, I saw the scriptures. I said, when you get married, you get a year off. And he goes, Ken, I guess you're not getting married. <laughs> a week is fine. You know, a week is fine. They, you know, I mean, I appreciate them. They, they, they give, they give, and they give to the kids. So many other. I appreciate Kenny Izuchukwu. Kenny's got more degrees than than all of us combined. Uh, he really does. 
But he comes into the ministry, he serves, and he gives. You know, him and his Excel, you know, he's so good at Excel. I'm just kidding, Kenny. It's a little private joke there. You know, these are gracious things, gracious people. I'll tell you what's not gracious. I saw this on the weekend. The Ohio State Buckeyes. You know what happened? Ohio State Buckeyes. They were playing Nebraska Cornhuskers. 18 seconds in the fourth quarter. They were up 47 to like 17. And instead of taking a knee, they scored again. Just to rub it into the Cornhuskers' face. I tell you what, they're not going to forget that. They're not going to forget that. It's by God. We respond to God's grace. Amen? That's how we can serve one another. That's how we can really have the Spirit of Christ in our face, in our attitude, in our spirit, in our demeanor. And that's how people will know that we are God's people. Amen? All right. I actually got three points. I haven't even started. All right? But they're quick. They're quick. Point number one, God's grace is bigger than our politics. It is. I always get shocked when people are so thinking that this guy is going to save the world or that guy or this party. or It blows my mind. Do you not read history? I mean, it's like we change every four years because or eight years because we get disappointed. Human beings will always disappoint us. That's the nature of humanity. We gotta look beyond that in some ways, amen? And God's grace is bigger than our politics. Jonah chapter 1, let's read together. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away and we know the rest of the story. God says what about Nineveh? It's a great city. Even though they were the enemies, the mortal enemies, if you will, to Israel. God says, it's a great city nonetheless. You know, God sees things beyond what we see. We're pretty parochial, right? We're like, we're influenced by our, our local politics. But God is, is, he sees it all and he cares about people beyond what our capabilities are. And unless we adopt that, we're not going to be gracious. We need to be like God. We need to understand that God is greater than our local politics. Amen? We need to adopt this attitude that is from God. And we can't run away from that. We've got to embrace it. That's what I'm learning through this whole book. Unless we embrace God's heart, it's always going to be a struggle. It's always going to be a wrestling back and forth, back and forth, unless we surrender to God. Hold on a second, guys. Emma? We're having a little bit of a, a medical emergency, so if you can be patient a little bit.
Okay. All right. Okay, I think it's okay. You know, L.A. is a great city. L.A. is a city that God looks at, and he's not willing to give up on L.A. He sees the needs of the people, and he sees all types of people, and he goes, listen, that's a great city. I love this city. I hope we feel the same way. That when we look at our city, we don't, we don't see all the negatives. We see the great things in our cities, and we embrace our city here as well. You know, I have a good friend of mine who was, um, he was a sharpshooter in Las Vegas. And he worked for the Special Forces. So every time I can gauge, like when the world, this is like 2008, 2000, you know, two, I'm sorry, 2004, right after 9-11. And every time there was something of an emergency in our country, he would disappear for like a couple of weeks. So every time he disappeared, I, I knew that something was going on. It was, it was a heightened level of security. And he was a sharpshooter, and I, I, I talked to him one time. He says, I talk, what, what about people that run away? He goes, uh, yeah, you can run, but you'll just die tired. <laughs> and that's what God is saying to, Nineveh, to, 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 to Jonah as well. God says, listen, you, you can't run. You can't run from God. We've got to embrace who God is, and we've got to be like God. Amen? Amen? So the rest of the story is, is pretty cool. You know, Jonah says, listen, I, I, I want to run away from these pagans and I want to run away from these people that are not like me. And God was teaching him a lesson about humility. So Jonah was actually the problem on the ship. He gets on the ship and there was a violent storm that started. And he realized that he can't commit suicide because that's against his religion. So he tells these people, pick me up and throw me into the sea. And yet, instead, these, these pagan people that he probably looked down on in his heart did not have the heart to throw him over. And instead, says, instead, the men did their best to roll back to land. Sometimes we think that we are the dispenser of grace. And sometimes we think that, oh, you know what? We look down on everybody else. And God is teaching Jonah a lesson, this pious Jews. There are great people in our midst. And in Jonah chapter 4 and verse 9 to 11, at the end of it all, through all the wrestling, Jonah was still upset that God was so gracious towards these people that he sat all by himself under a tree that God provided And he says, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said. I am, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. You know, God is trying to get Jonah to have a bigger heart. 
to be more concerned about the world around us. So what have we learned this year? All the things that we've gone through. All the issues that we've seen with the race reckoning in our country. God says, get involved. Figure out a way. As an individual, get involved. Figure out a way to make this place better. I love this passage here. God cares about, you know, some theologian says that he's talking about the babies. He's talking about kids. He's talking about the next generation of, of Ninevites. He says, what we do now affects them. And not only them, but the environment that we live in. God, God is an environmentalist. He says, I care about the animals too. That point's for Gabby. Gabby, my daughter, loves animals. And Beverly Kleiner, by the way. God, God, it's like, wow, this, this is the heart of God. He cares. Amen? Point number two. God's grace calls us to be different. God's grace calls us to be different. We saw this a little bit earlier. You know, we had the men together last night, uh, yesterday, and we talked about one of the greatest sins of, of, of men today is passivity. It is. We see things and we don't say. We don't call it out. We're afraid. Not all. Yet I know there are things that we're afraid about. It's true. But God calls us to be courageous. God calls us to speak up. God calls us to do something. Make a difference. You know, the Bible says that when, when, when Jonah was in the... He realized that about himself. He realized that, hey, look, I need to do something. He goes... When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayers rose to you, to your holy temple. He said, listen, you know, I, I, I'm not the standard anymore. My feelings and my attitudes about things, it's, it's not the end all anymore. It's, it's you, oh God, in the holy temple. He says, those who cling on to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. You know, what are some idols, as Jonah talked about, that we're holding on to? In our hearts, in our minds, that's keeping us from, number one, seeing God's grace. Number two, it prejudices us and it prevents us from dispensing grace. We want to live free, right? This is what Jonah's talking about. He says, in order for us to live free, he says, we got to get rid of those idols that we're holding on to. Is it true that some of these things are really true? Like, like the Assyrians are really brutal and terrible people? Yes, it is true. But nonetheless, God challenges us to let go of these worthless idols. I want, to, I want us to think about this as we close out on this point. What are some things that we're holding on to? Bitterness, perhaps? Things that have been done to us? No one's going to say that they are, you know, no one's passing over or glossing over those things. But I want to ask us, are they, are they binding us down? Are they holding us back from being the community, being the people that God wants us to be? That Jonah finally, he figured it out. He goes, listen, if we cling on to these worthless eyes, we're going to forfeit the grace that could be ours.
Let's not do that. Amen? Point number three. God's grace is fulfilled only through Jesus Christ. You know, I, I appreciate God because he allows us to wrestle. He allows us to look at scriptures of, of people that, that really are stinkers. I mean, there's no way of looking at it. I mean, Jonah was a stinker. He's so mad that God loves these people. He's so mad that God wants to rescue these people. That he cares more about this little plant, God said, than all the people in Nineveh, all the animals in Nineveh. Before we judge Jonah, we can be like that too. We really can. We hold on to stuff that we have no business holding on to. We need to imitate who Jesus is. Amen? It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and the only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. That's the kind of people God wants us to be. Not cowardliness, but truth. Speaking the truth. The full of grace too, not harsh. Not pointing fingers, but gracious, graceful as well. I don't know about you. That's a pretty good plan for life. I don't know about you. That's pretty attractive as an individual to meet someone like that. Amen? Let me close out. You know, we all know the story. And some theologian says that, you know, the story of Jonah really is. All of these stories are pointing towards a better, bigger, a, 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 a better, bigger brother. A better Jonah, if you will. We read the story about the older son. It's, it's just like that. Jonah's just like this older brother. He can't stand the fact that his brother just came back. He can't stand the fact that his brother's got forgiven by his dad. He can't stand the fact that, you know, he's being pulled in to have equal footing with him. He can't stand it. And here's the story of that. God goes out and reaches out to the older brother as well. You know, today is a very important day for me. You know, Nicole's having her baby shower. I'm not, I'm, sorry. Sorry about that. I, a shower, bridal shower. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Her bridal shower, right? Sorry, sorry, Eric. Sorry, Nicole. Her bridal shower. You know, when I was a young Christian, you know, that whole story. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta land this thing. I gotta land this thing. You know, when I was a young Christian, I was kind of like the young son. You know, I was, I was really, I was in my sin, just like Ron was talking about, ten times worse. Became a Christian and just, you know, then when I, I got older as a as a person, I became like the older brother. Just, just I didn't have those ostensibly bigger sins, quote unquote, outside, but how's this messed up inside the bitterness and, and the jealousy and the anger and the regrets and all those things. I was like the older brother. Still got to work through some of those things. But, you know, now I'm an older guy, you know, and just... Letting go, learning how to let go of things. We go through different stages in our lives. I hope that we're growing. Amen? I hope that we are allowing God to shape us and form us into grace and truth. Let me close out with this word here. It's um, by John Newton. And he wrote this song. And he's called, it's called, of faith and introspection. 
And we changed it later on into the song called Amazing Grace. I just love to read a few words from that. He goes, Amazing Grace from a former slave owner, slave trader. He goes, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught me. It was grace that taught me my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieve. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believe. Through many dangers, toils, and snare, we have already come to his grace that has brought us safe thus far. It's by grace that we've been saved. Amen. Let's learn it from God. Let's give grace to one another. Amen. Thank you very much. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.